and welcome to everyone listening uh, to our very first uh, pen cord podcast, uh, which we have affectionately called the Cordcast. Um, if you do have any better names, please do uh, let us know. Um, basically, these uh, the idea of these uh, podcasts is to give you a little bit more insight into the uh, the work we do uh, within Pencord, um, and to get a bit more of a personal uh, account of uh, some of the things that we do, and also some of the people um, that we work with. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know, uh, my name's Dan Chalk. I'm a senior research fellow. Uh, with the Pencord team uh, within uh, PenClark. Uh, and basically the kind of work we do is to undertake modelling, uh, simulation, uh, mathematical modelling uh, techniques to try and help the NHS to make better decisions uh, and to provide some evidence to support decision-making. So a lot of the work we've done before, uh, been around uh, pathways, looking at the impact of changes, potential changes uh, to patient pathways, uh, etc. Um, and uh, one of the things that we do as part of our uh, work is to run something called the Health Service Modelling Associates or HSMA uh, programme. Um, and the HSMA programme is a way in which we bring together uh, various people from across the uh, health service, um, uh, typically analysts, although not exclusively, um, to uh, undertake uh, modelling projects for their organisation. And uh, we provide uh, mentoring, um, support, uh, training uh, to help them do this. So they get released for their, uh, for their, um, from their normal role for a day a week, for a year, uh, and we support them um, to undertake these projects. Um, and with these podcasts, um, we're hoping to do one of these uh, every month. Uh, and we thought it'd be a really nice way to kick off uh, our podcast series uh, by having a chat, having a guest uh, who has been on the HSMA programme and has uh, first-hand uh, experience of, uh, of HSMA. Uh, so I'm delighted to be joined today uh, by uh, Simon Philpott, uh, who's the Information Team Leader at University Hospitals Plymouth. Welcome, Simon. Thank you very much. Fantastic. So it, it, we thought it would be a really nice... Um, idea to uh, just get a little bit more of the, the, the sense about what you do. Uh, if anybody would like to uh, sort of find out more about the HSMA programme, do check out our website. And if there's anybody on uh, uh, Twitter, um, we are available on Twitter at uh, PengClark. So uh, do follow us uh, for all of the information about what the uh, Clark is up to, um, both in terms of our team and, uh, and the other teams that make up that Clark. So Simon, welcome to uh, our very first podcast you're setting the bar i think um today uh, i don't know if that's going to be a high bar or a low bar. we shall see um in, in in this in our both of our very first uh podcasts so just to get things off um just tell us a little bit about yourself and and uh what your role is at university hospitals Plymouth. yeah so i work as the information team leader at that trust have done so for three four years now i think um and been in information for um eight or so years, so that my, my day-to-day job is running that team um, and not doing as much analytical work as I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, the, the HSMA course and programme enabled me to make it easier to actually dedicate some time. So um, usual day-to-day running of information teams, national returns, etc. Um, urgent requests from operational staff to make sure the running of the hospital is as good as can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and say, yeah, I've been doing that for a few years and really enjoy it. 
Fantastic. And what, what led you to that kind of career in the first place? Where, 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 where did you sort of seek out information? Well, it found me. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I've... Um, it's, it's quite a long story. I'll keep it relatively short. But essentially, I had an evening job in a bar. Um, start of a song, probably. <laughs> and, um, you can break out into song. Yeah. Our, our, our podcast will benefit from the musical interludes. I wasn't sure. a waitress in a yeah. bar. But, so, um, and the um, one of the guys who frequented this place um, was the business intelligence manager of NHS Plymouth at the time, mm. and I was currently working in data quality. Um, so I started off in the NHS as a, as a notes prepper and then worked in outpatients and appointments, ended up in data quality. And then this this conversation with Rob, he was called, um, he just he said, I've got some jobs going in information, would you be interested? And I have no background in information um, other than data quality reports, Ex, um, extracting um, Excel reports, and that's it, correcting errors. Um, so I did that for a bit, um, got the jobs, luckily enough, worked with Rob, learned self-taught myself, SQL and report writing and all those kind of things. Really liked doing the analysis bit. Then sort of the NHS changed from NHS Plymouth, then we had CCGs and then um, did some work for them, looking mostly at um, referrals. So we had a uh, referral management centre and trying mm-hmm. to understand demand from that perspective. And then got a job back in the um, provider, so university hospitals, uh, within performance, and then from there to the information team. So it's been, it's quite varied. I feel quite lucky that I've been able to work in the hospital operationally yeah, and yeah, as yeah. a commissioner then yeah. back in an information um, side of the provider. So and, I, and I guess that's allowed you to see uh, sort of multiple perspectives on, on, especially a lot of, you know, as we all know from uh, experience of working with the NHS, actually it's, you know, the, it, it is, the whole thing is a whole systems model. It's, it, it is yeah. a, it, it's an integrated system that, that's linked off whether people acknowledge it or not. So I guess that's a, a real benefit actually having seen sort of different Absolutely. sides. Yeah. yeah, it is. And it, it, it was mentioned to me when I first got went into information that um, you're, although you don't know how the code, the technical side, mm. so I went in as a junior analyst, yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, you do know how it runs and you do understand the front-end systems, yeah. um, which other people won't have. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always seem to remember that um, and keen to keep pushing yourself out there into the operational work because it yeah. can be quite easily to be withdrawn yeah. um, in our roles. So, yeah, I, I think I've been quite lucky to have that pathway to where I've ended. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, that's really interesting. So, so talking of the pathway, I mean, how did you first hear about HSMA then? How did that um, get on your radar? So we had uh, a chap called Ryan who was in our service improvement team. Um, he was on the first wave of HSMA. Yep. Um, and then we got wind of it through emails and things, which we were, um, as a team, we were um, subscribed to. So I think Jackie, okay. who's my senior manager, mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And I've been having because um, the team I'm in is really um, proactive in encouraging and developing people so I have regular one-to-ones with my line manager and he we discussed what do you what do you want to do yeah you know because I went yeah. from being a um, sort of performance analyst of so just doing analytical work and mm-hmm. slightly improvement work but more analytics to go into information team management mm-hmm. which is slightly different so it's a lot of the team management side not just yeah, the yeah. information the analytical side um so I'm just looking to find a niche, really, in speaking to, to my line manager. And we went, well, what about HSMA? So as an organisation, we, we realised we were light in that area mm-hmm. of operational research, statistical knowledge. Yeah. Um, 
and it just sort of went from there really so okay. as soon as we found about that Paul said you go for it he's my line manager yeah absolutely this, mm-hmm. this is this can be your thing yeah yeah fantastic okay and it all snowboarded from there oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so had you had you heard about sort of Pencor Penclart before that um, there was I, I went to um, I can't, I'm not sure what it was it might have been was it AFA oh yes yes possibly a while ago it was sort of their annual um Gathering, mm-hmm. I think it's at Taunton Cricket Ground, maybe. Right, yeah, yeah. I might be getting confused, but I think yeah. yourself may have been there, or there was, there was something going on. I think there, I was. Uh, and you were pleading for um, yes. uh, to providers or you know NHS organisations to to come with you with ideas to yeah, help. Yeah. And you you described, um, I, th- I think it was something to do with ophthalmology, or well, I'm not quite sure what. Oh, the diabetic retinopathy. I, I think guess, it that, was, yeah. and the, the, the it frequency, like yes. the frequency for, for follow up. Yes, that's right. They yeah, could reduce yeah. the time and stuff. So that was yeah. the first time I sort of heard about. Right, okay. Um, and then it all went very quiet, mm-hmm. um, as I'm sure the, the hundreds of listeners will, will um, agree with. It. Um, <laughs> hundreds? Wow, that's ambitious. Uh, you know, <laughs> it would be me, hundreds. Of times. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just get you get so derailed and, and focused on your day job that it's it's really yeah. difficult to to make a change and make it your day job, I yeah, suppose. And then yeah. it sort of went away. So I was it was for me personally. I was learning about team leadership mm-hmm. and man management and that was taking up all my time yeah um but because of my line manager saying but what what do you keep asking me what do you want to do what do you want to do you're an analyst you should be analyzing that's what you're good at that's yeah, why yeah. you got your job yeah all oh, right okay yeah you yeah i do i really do enjoy that yeah yeah how, but how can i do it and then hsma like i said come up and the, the support from my team um to enable me to have that day a week to do it, yeah. it was br- not questioned once, which is fantastic. And then, obviously, with the support which I got from from the Pencordians as well, was was brilliant. It's really interesting, actually, you say that about the, uh, um, the sort of comments you, you're an analyst should be analysing. That, that that's something mm-hmm. we hear quite often because I think I mean I don't know if you'd agree that that certainly for speaking to analysts over the years, I think there's been a kind of natural um, uh, I won't, won't say dissent because that implies, but um, people struggling I think trying to um, actually do some real analysis and very often it becomes a matter of sort of churning out reports and and, and things like that and. So so did you see this as an opportunity to kind of break away from that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. And when I first applied for this for the job I got, I only applied once, don't know why I said first, but when I applied for this job, um, I had a presentation and it was about when it, you, the vision of the team going forward mm-hmm. and what's stopping you getting to that place. Um, and the, the biggest thing for me was exactly that, was record information analysts, mm. we only do information. Yeah, yeah. We need to be doing the analyst yeah. bit, and it's, and that's changed. Yeah. So that's not always been the case in in healthcare um, information. There was a time where, um, doing the the counting of beans, for example, was acceptable. That was information. At the right. Time. Yeah. It was yeah. Making sure you do your, your national returns on time, which we still do, obviously, just in a smarter way. Um, but it would be how many X happened on a Wednesday for surgeon Y. But, but now the organisation wants to have some narrative with the, the questions they're asking. And yeah. also, I think it's our responsibility to challenge what they're asking. Because we, we should be the experts on that information. Yeah. The, the, the managers obviously know their side of it. Um, and it's a, it's a two-way conversation to really find out what somebody's trying to achieve with their information request. Yeah, yeah. And then being 
me enabling my team, the room, to do that analysis before feeding back to them. Yeah. Because you're right, we're guilty of giving them the numbers and saying, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've just got so much demand on us. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. We're, we're pleasers, people pleasers generally. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> they, can, they can access the information, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the real, the real art is, is giving them that narrative yeah. instead of just seven. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's really interesting to say. I've heard that a number of times um, over the years, so uh, and it's really encouraging actually to to uh, hear that because I think hopefully that's a way in which we, particularly for the HSMA program, can try and uh, uh, make a gradual change to that mm. and, and and change the thinking. I think almost. I think so. Just one, one more point on that really mm. is that um, information sounds like it's relatively straightforward but it really isn't yeah. so there are lots of business rules and things which can impact um, a response from our team to our organization so we've got that sort of gatekeeper responsibility yeah to, to ensure that the information we provide does have integrity yeah. and is used correctly yeah, so yeah. if you see us as that sort of um, the policing of the information as well as yeah being the knowledgeable ones of, of certain definitions and criteria and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's something which we're really trying to do within our team. Yeah, absolutely. That's really, that's really good to hear. So what did you, obviously you, you, you heard about HSMA yep. kind of through the grapevine. What, what, uh, and it sounded like you had lots of support from your organization to, to pursue. So what were your kind of expectations? What did you imagine it would, it would be? And um, I suppose, did it live up to that? <laughs> um, so my, so my, my background isn't, Academia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got a couple of A levels. Well, that's good enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> then, went, <laughs> then went into went into work. Um, so so from, to, to begin with, I was quite apprehensive okay. that the that the level um, will be such too high for me to understand. Being a layperson mm-hmm. coming in with all these fantastic statistical techniques and all the, the names of everything, and I'm, <laughs> I'm you know I. I, I struggle with keeping up with all the, the correct names for things. Yeah, but, you know, absolutely. Um, so, so my first thought was, ooh, um, am I going to be right? Imposter syndrome, maybe. Yeah. You know, um, God, all these people are going to be doing it. They're going to be better than me at everything. They were already done Python and yeah. all that kind yeah, yeah. Of, of stuff. Um, but once we started doing the, the the learning event, the learning set meetings, it, that just that just went. Because oh, really? so, well, it's, well. like, it's the unknown, isn't it? I yeah, yeah. And people yeah. Will, will worry about even though there's no reason, rational reason to. Um, but once we started going, okay, and, and uh, right, you guys, an email would get sent out, right, you need to install all of this stuff. Um, for those listening, if you do do HSMA, IT generally will do it. <laughs> Eventually. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, they will get there. Um, and then, so then you download it, and think, what on earth is all of this stuff here? What, you know, I, don't, I can't even read it. Um, but then the sessions are there to really take us through step by step by step by step. So they were pitched at, I think, exactly the right level. Yeah. Um, for me, anyway. Um, and I'm quite a lay person when it comes to mathematics. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I got a C, GCSE. So that'll give you some idea of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of my level of maths. But, it, but it, what I found, what it does do is it makes you think about your job differently as well. Okay. And sort of identify... Oh, and that, so that could do that, and then I wonder how that would apply to, I don't know, weight and list management or... Right, yeah, yeah. You know, um, 
discharge rates and things. It just makes you think slightly differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really, really cool. So yeah. I'd, I'd go back to the office going, oh, oh, because because I'm a little bit of a power freak. Um, so on my weekly team meeting, I would just talk about that for 20 minutes and then go, oh, any other business? Which is what I've been doing. Yeah. But it's so. So Jackie is my um, the head of performance information. She's she's got a statistical background, mm-hmm. um, and her role's changed so much that it's she doesn't really have the time yeah. to do it. You know, yeah, yeah. And she shouldn't be. So um, she was really enthusiastic in what was being fed back as well, um, and she helped um, identify the what my project was about mm-hmm. essentially, which was to do with. Um, last minute on the day cancellations of, yeah. of, of operations because we, we were struggling with that in our organisation so that um, was really helpful to have an engaged senior manager yeah. um, and then get us to, to the information and the relevant conversations and meetings which I needed Yeah, um, so that was really good Absolutely Well tell us a little bit more about yeah. the project actually so the exam- Yeah so, um, so we are so Plymouth Hospitals as it was now University Hospitals of Plymouth um, quite an outlier not necessarily now, but we're on the wrong end of the of the um, the chart for our um, cancellation rates of um, elective patients. Unfortunately, you're coming in for a procedure. So, um, but what what we found was that it's we had a single manager who was making the decisions, mm-hmm. um, and so we thought, okay, so we've got nationally we're bad at something. So this this would be quite a good win. Um, We've got an, the, the senior manager is engaged in this and is really up for it. It's excellent, so I've got them in through the door there. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like it was one person making the decision, so right, it, yes. uh, that <laughs> might make it a bit easier. Yeah. Um, but as we went down, as I went down the journey, so um, so I got a mentor with um, as part of being a, an HSMA, and that was called Mike Allen. And also Kerry helped as well a lot. Um, because so what happens is the um, you pitch your idea um, and then the experts will decide um, who's the best mentor depending on what your um, what your project is going to be about. So mine lent itself to machine learning. Um, so so I got Mike, which was great. Um, so then we went through a, a, an iterative process really of um, me having a couple of meetings with, with Ian, who was our main uh, player in this, uh, to understand what his thought processes were and what would, what influenced his decision-making. And then jot all that down and then try to make that uh, into a, a, a data set, essentially. Um, and then I had to learn Python programming language, which which I've never seen before. <laughs> um, so we were at SQL in the NHS, and that's about it. And what, what did you think of Python when you, when you first um, saw it? I thought that it, it took me a while just to understand that it is, it is slightly different to SQL and it's just, mm. right, so that does that bit there and it does that bit there and it does that. And it's just, it is just different. And all having all the libraries yeah, yeah. Um, which you can use and there are so many. Mm-hmm. So what Mike was able to do, because he's done a vast amount of work on this already, is um, advise the correct libraries but not only would they advise them it's the, the reason why so if there's a choice of two your best bet is a because of something right yeah, yeah. overheads or it handles i don't know negatives but whatever yeah, yeah. whatever the reason was so having that was fantastic what also, what's also was available to us to all of us um due to the nature of open source code um 
it's it's written in a way which is adaptable for mm-hmm. your scenario. So it would be so it would be a case of copying and pasting essentially, changing it, but then being told what it's doing. Yeah, yeah. Which was which was really good um, until it got really complicated and we weren't sure what it was doing. With <laughs> 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 the old analogy being, um, was it the, the black box? I suppose you want a car. Yeah. Was it do you want a, a car which drives itself where you know exactly what it's doing, but it was, it's going to be ninety eight percent successful? Or do you want a car which is one hundred percent successful as in not crashing? Yeah. But you're not entirely sure what it does. Yeah. Um, but um, so yeah, so that was that was really, really good. The the one to one sessions which I had um, as part of my one day a week. I think I had, I had one every fortnight, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, they, there was always the time for me to, to rock up. Yeah. Often the one time my laptop broke. Um, oh right, okay. So I did get a new laptop as part of this process. Oh wow, fantastic! <laughs> you know, li- listen, listeners, you need a new laptop. <laughs> Do apply for HSMA. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic. So, so um, obviously had those ideas and, and yes. it's identified that machine learning was, yep. was the way to go. So what, what were you sort of hoping to achieve with the project? So what we what, what wanted to do, so on my pitch, I, I told a fictitious story, which may or not be fictitious, the name certainly <laughs> was, um, of an elderly lady called Doris who lives in North Devon, um, lives alone, family uh, out of area, has got a dog, um, really nervous about coming to the hospital. It's been has to have a, a, an elective procedure. Um, gets brought in to um, speak to her neighbours, make sure her dog's okay. Drives in, leaves her home at five o'clock in the morning. Gets her at half past seven. Hasn't eaten all night, um, so there's no by mouth. Turns up, sits in a bed for two hours, um, or just a, a holding area, maybe up to four hours, um, and then gets told, "Sorry, you're not going to have your operation today." Mm-hmm. Um, off you go. Yeah. Um, and this, this just sort of resonated, I guess, with, with me and certainly some of the guys in the team as well. I was like, how can that be? That's just not fair. And it was, there must be something we can do about yeah, yeah. that. So that was, that was sort of like the driving force behind it. Anecdotally, we could say that we would we'll leave it to the last minute because we really want to make sure, you know, we're going to try our very best to get patients in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's still not good for the patient. It doesn't yeah, go all that way. So that, so that was it, really. It was the patient... Patients at the end of that percentage, mm-hmm. behind that percentage performance figure, which was the driving factor in it, I think. Um, or it definitely was, it wasn't, I think. Um, so then it was a case of replicating decision making in code and then using all the different techniques and the, the statistical techniques within um, Python and machine learning to try and replicate what's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and my first go, had an accuracy rating. I don't know if you remember this. This was in um, the other site. In oh yes, <laughs> I think it was about eighty-seven percent. Wow! And I was just sat there and I was looking very smug. And, um, <laughs> and you come over, you say, "Yeah, eighty-six percent. Yeah, I know." Mike might come over and oh yeah, well done. Um, and he didn't say anything else. And then then he sent me an email which said, "Can you send me your code, please?" I went, "Yeah, of course I will." Um, so the eighty-seven percent accuracy relates to. So I've got my data. So I've basically noughts um, and ones essentially gone binary. Uh, a one denotes a cancellation. So this is what actually has happened historically, and a zero is non-cancelled patient. So I've run my data through. I've got all my features in there. Whacked it in, and eighty-seven percent of the time, my output matched what happened. So I was like, ah, brilliant. Okay. So then when I next spoke to Mike, <laughs> he said, um, it's not as good as you think. I was like, oh, is it not? He said, no, it's not, not quite as good. So then he, then he 
explain to me why. So we had a lot of false positives, false negatives. Um, you didn't even get all the zeros right. You know, you got <laughs> hardly any of the ones right. Um, but overall, it was eighty-seven yeah. percent. So that led to a whole sort of um, direction of travel then with with the model mm. and with the data and manipulating it. Um, and just chopping it up in different ways. We've reduced the data set so it was equally weighted between um, the ones and the zeros. Mm-hmm. We got rid of loads of these zeros. Did that make any difference to accuracy? Not really. Then we thought, well, have we got enough data? Mm-hmm. So, so the number of rows of data. So what we did is we, we, we um, tested, we split the, the amount of um, rows we were putting through the model to see how that impacted the accuracy. So 20 rows, 40 rows, 60 rows, 80 rows, 100, 1,000, um, looking to see if it did plateau, and it did, which suggests that more rows wouldn't improve accuracy. Right, um, so it wasn't an issue of the lack of data. No, yeah. well, so, and then it was, so we did a polynomial features, which mm-hmm. I don't know too much about. I've remembered the name, which that is makes, good. That makes two of us. Excellent, so, so Kerry, <laughs> thank you, Kerry. Um, <laughs> so I had a whole day with Kerry to go through this, um, where we were looking at relationships between our features. Mm-hmm. So are, are there um, two or three particular features which um, correlate strongly towards a cancellation? Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't get much out of that either. Um, so it was, but what was really good about that is understanding these other techniques. Yeah. So if yeah, I got yeah. 87% to start off with, I wouldn't yeah. have known anything about yeah, any yeah, of that yeah, stuff. And yeah. I was just going, oh, it's easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I get that sort of real understanding. Yeah, so just, absolutely. Just for the benefit of listeners, so just to explain it a little bit more. So the, um, with machine learning, essentially what we're trying to do is predict an outcome um, based on various inputs. So it might be, for example, you might be trying to get a machine to learn when there's cancer present through various risk factors and the machine can try and learn if you have A, B and C, um, then uh, we, there's a high likelihood of, of the cancer. So, so in this case, actually what you're trying to do is say, well, if the patient is uh, X, Y and Z, has these properties um, and uh, this is true about the, the current state of the hospital in terms of you know how it's running, then uh, it's likely that th- this patient is going to be cancelled. Um, so very much from your sort of your initial eighty seven percent, I guess, was basically where it was. Uh, it wasn't predicting the cancellations very well, no. which is the key thing that you're, you're absolutely. Trying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ones were very important, and yes. I didn't get many of those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I did find so and anything when you're doing machine learning, you, you've got historical data. You're making you are making the assumption that that is best practice yeah, yeah. Um, as well. So, because with, within our organisation, I, I, I would be amazed if this is different anywhere else. There is no retrospective um, reviewing mm. of a cancelled patient to determine if it was a suitable cancellation yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess that's just a word of warning, really. Anybody going to do machine learning, which yeah, is yeah. fantastic stuff and sounds great, um, really do have to be mindful of what you know what's your starting point yeah, like, yeah. are you replicating mediocrity yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> or are you you know what's the yeah. gold standard and can you improve on it um yeah yeah absolutely no i think that's a really important point i think there are potential machine learning particularly has you know a great power with it but i think um there's there are potential pitfalls and i think you've <clears throat> excuse me, nicely outlined those in particular you know i think there's also the issue of trying to learn what you already know so you can end up as we did with one of the other HSMAs um, uh, basically getting the machine to learn that 
you know, when a patient is frail, that they're frail. Um, uh, and it, it, that sounds stupid, but you can end up doing that because you're uh, actually, if you're going to get to learn on things that already determine that some uh, a particular output. So if these, uh, if, for example, a frailty score, if a frailty score basically determines frailty, um, then if you're getting the machine to learn with these frailty scores, then you're just going to get it to learn that frail- a higher frailty score means they've got more frailty. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you have to be really careful with that. But it's, as you say, I think that a lot of the benefit comes from, from the journey and, and, and from understanding. So how did, how did that help, as a project, help you understand a little bit more about what was going on and, and what you might do differently now? Yeah, so I guess, so I was, although I knew it was a, a performance issue for mm-hmm. us, I didn't know the operational things behind it. So, so as part of this, I got, say, a one-to-one time with our, um, our senior manager in the organisation, um, um, attended our operational sort of med state meetings in the morning to get an idea of, of, of the pro- what, what he sees as mm-hmm. he goes and makes his decisions. So that was really good for me. So now, yeah. so for me personally, that's great. So now people are more aware of who I am because yeah. um, it's an environment which I haven't been into before. And actually, as part of a slight aside, we've um, over the last eighteen months we've really been um, producing fantastic work with our sort of real time reporting, mm-hmm. which is straight away lends itself to the operational team. So yeah, yeah. For, as a team for us, that was something we hadn't done before, mm-hmm. um, and now we're. We're there. We give yeah, yeah. We have staff who shadow operational members, and it's 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 really advantageous. That's what I was doing with Ian. Essentially, yeah, yeah. is trying to understand what's what's his environment yeah. that, that, that he makes his decisions on. So um, I found that that really helpful. Um, the, my the ultimate goal of the tool would be to be more proactive. Mm-hmm. So not for one second do we think we would um, cancel fewer patients, mm-hmm. but we would be. Um, ahead of the curve and doing it in a more timely manner to, yeah, yeah. to um, prevent as much disruption um, to the patient as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in my mind's eye, it was like, oh, I'm gonna, I've got this fantastic model which, which will help. So what, what it was never going to do is replace a decision maker. Yeah. Um, it was to help standardise variation up between decision makers because mm-hmm. obviously there will be annual leave, sickness, different people doing the job. Yeah. Um, so it's trying try and negate that variability, risk aversiveness. So I, I got I was informed that um, Ian was quite brave of his decisions. Right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So 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 in my mind I wanted to have something which would help reduce that variance and be used as a tool more proactively, so two days before um, and then go from there. So that's what I was hoping yeah, yeah, to yeah, get yeah. out of. Um, unfortunately, today I haven't been able to get to that position. Um, but what I have done is done a lot more about the process of getting there. Yeah. Um, it's been yeah, really, really good. Fantastic. That was really great to hear. So you, you talked a lot about how um, uh, you sort of took a lot of this back, a lot of the learning back to your, your team. How, how did they react to all this new <laughs> stuff? <Were> they... <laughs> oh, they went, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, well, some so we've got some people are naturally interested in these things. So we've got within our team there are a few who are naturally interested in learning new techniques. They've yeah. got that um, they have that sort of aptitude as well mm-hmm. to, to pick things up. Others don't, which is absolutely fine. It's great. Well, I wanted to make sure that um, what's what can happen is people go away go for a training day, come back and do nothing with it. And I'm yeah. very keen for that not to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So um, I, I took them through with the process I was going through, showed them some of the code and what the outputs were and what it was doing. Um, and we've also, because um, we've got we've got bed models and things within the organisation um, and other bits of modelling, Excel based generally. Yeah. So it was so Python for us as a team is, is new. Um, so showing people that, and there was another one which was QGIS, which. Um, seems seems to be quite popular with people because there's this mapping, um, it's a mapping analysis tool, um, and it looks nice. Yeah. So people generally get quite excited about some of the things. <laughs> Great Richard Gage, isn't it? Yeah, well. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that one's probably kicked on more than than the other things have. Yeah. Um, but so, but from from my perspective with the team, what I would, what I'm really going to be pushing for is somebody from my team attending HSMA 3, so I was really delighted to hear you, I'm not sure if I can say it, but I <laughs> to hear what you said in the meeting earlier before the podcast, yeah. um, that's fantastic, because we've got, there is a vision, we've got a, a structure in place, which um, we've discussed with our team, where we think, well actually, um, I've got all this stuff which I've been learning with you guys, um, let's, let's start using it, mm-hmm. but let's also get some um, protected time, so with my line manager, and um, we've really thought about how we can have our information function, um, an information team which, which gives the best results to our organisation. Mm-hmm. We, we definitely have identified operational research needs to be in there wow. and is quite a significant part of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I, if I come back for a one year anniversary, I'll be able to tell you all about how that's yeah, how yeah. that's changed yeah. um, and how we've got because we were thinking about oh, what can we do you know we've got really good um, senior analysts in there um, really sort of well established team what can we offer them to, to keep it more you know keep, keep them interested in their job yeah, yeah. And not, not to get bogged down with the, 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 the really urgent requests or the uh, the, the really frustrating ones, which we don't understand why we've been asked to do them. But, uh, <laughs> for example, when we got to do them, you know, mm. so we thought, oh, and we've come up, well, I think, with a really good plan of um, having it first, maybe a, a, we'll call it a one-year secondment, but it's not really a secondment, but this person will be doing modelling work and projects which will benefit our organisation, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but with the help of Pencord, mm. because that's what you guys are offering to us yeah, you know so yeah. it, it just seems like a silly thing for us not to mm. not to engage in and obviously with me as well um so I've, I've changed a little bit of my my daily job mm-hmm. um to free up i think probably about two days a week where i can start going out into the organization yeah, yeah. so like our performance um deputy head of performance he's been out there we've got really good contacts with our imaging team and he's he's just putting some feelers out with them, they've got some ideas about what they would like us to to look into. Oh, wow. um, uh, to do a portering, actually. That's oh, one okay. of the first ones, and sort of how that impacts um, imaging's uh, ability to provide the best service they can. Porters, a yeah, really yeah, yeah. important part, a really yeah, important cog absolutely. of that. Yeah. Um, we can't get the patients there, or yeah, we yeah. can't get them out. Yeah. We're really struggling. So, that's, so we're already putting like the, the tentacles of modelling yeah. um, <laughs> out into the organisation and then yeah. to come back. For, so yeah. it's, it, I think this is going to be a really good time for us. I say, get, get me back in 12 months. And we'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how it's gone. That's really, that's really <laughs> nice to hear because I think, you know, uh, the whole reason for um, HSMA and actually, you know, our own existence as a team is to um, really get, increase the awareness and use of 
operational research within the health service. And it certainly sounds from what you're saying that there's been quite a significant step change in, in terms of uh, awareness and that a willingness to, yeah. to engage with this within, uh, uh, within the organisation. Absolutely. Well. And I think that there's also, so like NHSI using R and things. So it's, yeah, yeah. new things are coming on board. So, yeah. um, you know, we don't want to be stood still and wondering what's going on. We want to be ahead of that curve yeah, yeah. and really make it as much as business as usual as we can. But what we, what we have to do, I think, to ensure that it does keep that momentum is we need to get that, that f- whatever that first project is going to be, yeah. it needs to have some impact. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's, what we're, that's going to be the, the first challenge and hurdle yeah. um, and something which we really need to get get right yeah no absolutely and i think that that's right certainly from our perspective in terms of the work we've done is getting that building that initial engagement that enthusiasm by you know showing what a difference this kind of stuff can make a real difference and then you know just sort of snowballs out from from there i think so you talked earlier about the um uh, the kind of learning set meetings that were bring where we bring hsmas together uh sort of once a month um I, I, Partly in order to uh, uh, sort of provide a space for uh, HMAs to undertake their their modelling work with various members of the Pencor team on hand to sort of offer advice, um, but also as a space to bring people from different NHS organisations together and just actually get talking. How did you find the learning set meetings? What, what did you sort of get from from that? So I really good. So so we've got there's some information. Um, groups locally which have been set up so we've got swyan um which is really good for uh, information analysis in, in providers and, and to some extent um, ccgs as well um we've got AFA who's who's trying to bring people together like-minded people um but I suppose the difference between this those groups is very specific um, there's a specific goal for everybody and we're all mm-hmm. trying to trying to do essentially the same thing albeit it's like using slightly different methodologies yeah um so i found them really helpful and, and especially hearing hearing what other organizations are doing or have mm-hmm. done um and also uh, i think there was like an example where um there was one of the projects was to do with um glaucoma mm-hmm. and um the, the 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 two people doing that they weren't in a provider environment, they did, their difficulty was with information yeah. and, and getting their hands on it. But through those learning set meetings and just catch ups, they were able to identify it was Rob who works in Torbay and South Devon, mm-hmm. who, who, as an information analyst, would be able to provide yeah. that information, which yeah, yeah. without that environment, I don't think would ever have happened. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. And also talking about Rob as well, so he's, I know he's working with you guys at the moment to do um, a, a predicting tool um, for ED and breaches mm-hmm. as well after mm-hmm. a certain point in time, two hours, whatever, what's going to be the state of the department. Um, so I'm very keen, and Rob and I spoke um, about this sort of before Christmas of, of tapping in and understanding what he's going through. Yeah. Because if it works for one, what, Absolutely. What, why wouldn't it work for another? Yeah, so that'd yeah. be that would be the things which I've taken out of it is because I didn't know Rob before mm. and I didn't know Maria from um, Public Health yeah, yeah. S- subsequently I've been at about 10 meetings where she's been at oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you know it's oh hello yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it just makes the world of information smaller yeah but also um, you appreciate that what you're you're going through has either 
happen somewhere else or is happening somewhere else. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I think that's really important. I think traditionally, certainly as, as slightly external observers to, to what happens in the NHS, I think that there very much has been for many years this kind of uh, silo mentality of people mm. just sort of working their own side. And I don't think in a lot of cases that's deliberate. I, I, I just think it's the way things have evolved. I think, you know, the some of the competitive aspects that have been put into the commissioning system probably didn't help over the years. But I think uh, there's certainly, from uh, from speaking to people, there's actually an eagerness to break away from that um, and to really uh, engage with people from other organisations. And it's really nice to see, actually, HSMA helping to facilitate that. And, you know, today we're, we're at a hackathon and people are talking from different organisations about um, what they can do and exploring collaborative projects and sharing ideas. And it's really nice, really nice to see that. Absolutely. And I guess the... So the, the the big thing at the moment is uh, population health management or yeah. integrated care systems or whatever they're called now yeah. um, where so there's some success stories within the country of um, information flows of you know, uh, council primary care secondary care social care um, bin collections but but lots of things that are being brought together yeah um, in a in a data warehouse where that would there's lots of information governance hurdles I, mm-hmm. I expect to get to that point where actually do we do we just not need to talk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we need do we need to, to get a an integrated care system do we need to have patient level information on everything yeah. or is it just a case of picking up the phone and, yeah. and, and actually making your world smaller and say yeah. oh, actually we want to focus on our diabetes patients, high plenary cancer, what kind of information you got on that? I don't need to know who it is. Yeah. And then start doing it that way. Yeah, so yeah. I guess there is an argument for, for both sides. Yeah. And I suppose HSMA is a really, is a, is a microcosm version of integrated care system. Yeah, so yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. Make that world smaller. So um, yeah, it's definitely going to be more benefit as these go on, I think, for those who are attending them. Yeah, hopefully. And as I, I still... Uh, cast my mind back actually to one of the learning set meetings we had in the very first uh, iteration of the program. I'll, I'll, I'll spare the blushes of uh, uh, those organisations involved uh, <laughs> about the discussion. But basically, a uh, person from HMA from organisation A said, We've got this problem here, um, uh, and we need uh, these, uh, um, these additional beds. And a uh, person from organisation B said, Oh, we didn't realise that. We've got some beds over here that you can use. And person of organisation A said, fantastic, that's just solved a problem we've had for five years. <laughs> um, just from two people. And it was extraordinary to just sit and observe just people talking and solving problems. And it Crazy. sounds so so stupid, but it, it's, it's um, really powerful just actually bringing people together and yep. just having those conversations, I think. So, absolutely. And it's, yeah. being, it's being brave enough to make the decision to attend. Because, yeah, absolutely. Because it's everybody in that room will have... 50 emails to go back to yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know whatever it is so yeah. it's but be you know you deserve to be out of here because that is providing a benefit yeah. so be be brave enough to go yeah 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 that's a, that's a really nice uh, really nice uh, uh, way to think I think so just lastly um uh, there be people listening, I'm sure, who are potentially. <laughs> that wasn't the end of the sentence. I'm sure there are people listening. Uh, if they're not, we, we just had a very nice chat uh, over over a laptop. Um, but uh, if there, if there is anybody who decides to listen to this uh, and thinks I'd like to be an HSMA, what would be your advice to them? 
do it. <laughs> um, absolutely. Would be for my advice would be be very clear on what it is you want to get. Have a really focused project in mind, um, and you've made the point as as to all of us back in this time last year. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. Um, so what, what the, the the project we had or I had I had from April end of March, April yeah. to, to December, essentially, mm-hmm. to try and start and complete it, which isn't, it sounds like a lot, it's a day a week, mm. more if you can get it, maybe your weekends if you love it, mm. but, and then you've got summer holidays, and yeah, yeah. So, it, so the time does go, so be really clear on what you'd like to achieve, understand what impact that will have on your organisation, um, but also it must, be achi- it must be achievable, I mean, yeah. that's, that's what, that's really important to pen cord, um, I, know, I, I appreciate you've already liked the conversations, but you know we need to start um, ensuring that what we do do is having that impact, and it's measurable impact as well. Um, so get those success stories, like Ryan's with his continuing healthcare yeah, model um, in this this wave. That was you know brilliant. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the senior managers using it. They use it as part of their monthly meetings. Mm-hmm. They can. They are. Um, it's sort of part of their business as usual now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's I guess what you should be thinking of achieving if you want to go into HSMA. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Simon. And thank you very much for joining us today on on this first podcast. Let's hope not the last. Let's hope we (laughs) we get uh, some interest. Uh, (laughs) We could just keep recording these anyway. I don't mind doing it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Gives us a break from uh, from having to answer any difficult questions in the next room. Uh, So (laughs) whilst I leave the rest of my uh, Pencor team to to struggle with the the questions... uh, lastly just say thank you very much for listening um and uh we'll hopefully come back with uh, a second podcast uh with another hsma um uh, to to interview back in uh, in march so uh thank you for listening and uh, see you again